today on CityCast Denver. Whenever I get gloomy with the state of the world, I think about the arrivals gate at Denver International Airport. General opinions starting to make out that we live in a world of hatred and greed, but I don't see that. It seems to me that love is everywhere. Often it's not particularly dignified or newsworthy, but it's always there. Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, husbands and wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, old friends. When the South Park guys bought Casa Bonita, as far as I know, none of the phone calls to the teen at the phone desk were messages of hate. They were all messages of love. If you look for it, I've got a sneaky feeling you'll find that love actually is all around. That strip mall in Lakewood. <laughs> oh my god. Seems like maybe there was a reference there that Xandra got. Oh, I knew. The second he was just like, I think about the arrivals gate. It's the opening scene of Love Actually. <laughs> oh. And that's hilarious, Paul. And that should be our billboard. Even though I hate that movie. I love to hate it. I quit watching the movie when there was a lot of really stupid workplace harassment that didn't age well and I missed it in its prime I like tried to watch it last year I was like nope 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 this movie nope yeah I think I think um every year it gets about two percent more problematic oh yeah and then what we have to do because then it's um it's that's that cheesy song that comes in right now that's just like love is all around us it's like this really bad British song today is Friday December 17th 2021. I'm Paul Caroli, and this is CityCast Denver. Welcome back to CityCast Denver. The show about the city with, honestly, pretty bad vibes this year, in my opinion. And today we're looking back at the year that was, 2021. This is our last all-new show before our holiday break. We got some fun stuff planned for you all over the next two weeks. I think everyone's going to really enjoy it. I think it's it's like a fun twist on this kind of thing. But today, 2021, what can we say about it? We got a vaccine that not everyone wanted. All the sports teams underperformed. I guess there were some good times, but overall, for me, bad vibes. Producer Alexander McMahon, good vibes or bad vibes in Denver for you this year? What do you think? I think a mixed bag in, in the city. I mean, you mentioned good times, though. There were good times. There were good times burgers that we ate as a mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. So that's one highlight. Mm-hmm. Peyton Garcia, you write our morning newsletter. What do you think? Were these good vibes or bad vibes this year? Good vibes. Um, I know we talked about it recently, and and I think you guys had said that 2021 was arguably maybe worse than 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I actually don't think so. I think that we made a lot of progress um, in terms of the virus. I know that that, it doesn't always feel that way. Um, But I I think it was was better. I saw the light at the end of the tunnel. but maybe that's because I spent 2020 
locked up in a hostel in Peru for most of <laughs> for the beginning of the pandemic. Hard so, to top that. Yeah. Yeah. 2021 was um, <laughs> Hard to get worse. a significant improvement. So um, mm-hmm. it was good vibes for me. No. Good vibes. We have places reopening. Um, Casa Bonita is here to stay. Uh, I was happy with it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Have we told that story? Have you told that story on the podcast yet? The whole I don't think I have. That is <laughs> that might have to be. We should do its own episode. I think that... you're also not the only person who I know who was locked down in a hostel in Peru, which is wild to me. Yeah. Oh my god. Wow. So I have to say, being um, being at you know being back home in 2021, um, where we have medical infrastructure and a little more freedom was better than being locked up in peru so hmm. good vibes and finally rounding out the group today you heard her voice already you heard her voice all week hosting the show thank you so much for joining us this week it's been i don't know it's been great i learned a lot from you i feel like we had some fun we made some great stuff avery lil good vibes or bad vibes this year in denver i love being here this week this year in denver I gotta say, one day at a time vibes, this year and last year have just blurred together in my head. And today, today I've got good vibes. We're coming up on the holidays. I'm excited about some of the things that are happening. I have real bad vibes about others. I can't, I can't make a one, one vibe call. I love that. Time is a construct. Calendars don't matter. That's a human creation. We're all just beings rotating around the sun (laughs) i love it um so we're continuing our conversation of the year that was 2021 we're picking the wins and fails of denver in 2021 we each brought one to the table and then i thought maybe it'd be fun at the end if we picked the biggest win and the biggest fail of the year Mm, yeah i like that all right may the best win win who wants to start (laughs) shall we start with uh fails wins let's start with fails Peyton, how about you? What's your fail of 2021? Um, my fail of 2021 is the summer's bad air quality. I think mm-hmm. now that we're well into, uh, you know, we're well past that and we're into the cooler, quote unquote, cooler season, um, we kind of forgot about summer, the summer's terrible air quality that we suffered through. I have not forgotten. It, <laughs> it was so <laughs> terrible. It was so terrible, and um, I don't know that it's really a Colorado only or a Denver only problem. Um, and I was I was just listening back to the episodes that we did um, covering the bad air quality over the summer. Sure. But unfortunately, it's like this. There's a good chance this is what our summers moving forward are going to look like. There's not a ton that we can do <laughs> as individuals to fix yes. the problem. Um, <laughs> climate change is real and it's here for us. Um, and that was, that was a really, that was a really big fail of this year. Just cause like, I feel like, you know, someone who's grown up, I grew up in Colorado. I don't remember the summers ever being this way. They were never this way growing up. And so it was just like a real smack in the face this summer, um, when we had to deal with that. And now I just feel like we're joining the LAs of the world where we have too many people here and climate change is real and we're just this busy, trafficy, smoggy place now. And I don't really know damn. how to fix it. So not to <laughs> damn, damn. That's a Sorry. huge contender for feel for win for for fail of the year. I'm throwing my vote behind this one too. This is also my loss that I picked. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. Okay, Avery. What do you want? What would you add? Just that summer. Summer is one of my favorite seasons in any other context. But the last two summers, I've mostly spent inside instead of going outside and hiking or going outside to parks. And I'm just hiding from the ozone and hiding from the smoke. And, you know, like you're saying, it's not just a Denver problem, obviously, and the solutions aren't just Denver. Um, A lot of wildfire smoke from California and a lot of ozone from all over the place getting trapped by the front range. But, gosh, it's so sad when I didn't even realize that Colfax had a great view of the mountains because it's so smoggy. I, I didn't see it for months and months. Mm-hmm. I will say if we, you know, to bring it closer to home, um, Suncor um, oil refinery is, I mean, they've, they've sucked. They've been in the news all year. Um, it's just been so hard to regulate what they're doing. I feel like they are, a lot of the negative stuff that they're doing that's impacting our air quality is slipping through the cracks. I think people in that Commerce City neighborhood have been crying foul about this for a long time and and it, it goes ignored. And I do think that is something that we can address locally um, yeah. that adds to the problem. And so I'm going to also just award my fail, my big fail to Suncor. <laughs> like there's things we can do to make it better and I don't feel like there's enough attention or enough effort um, to the people who who can make a difference there. So they yeah. get climate change and Suncor together get my fail award. And to another subsidiary fail on top of that, I mean, the Air Quality Commission in charge of regulating industry oh like Suncor God. being right. so corrupt and having these whistleblowers step forward to say like, this is a revolving door between regulators and industry. Like there's constant like exceptions being made and uh, you know, deals being brokered and the whole thing is like, uh, it's a circle of fail. And you just can't get away that we had the highest number of ozone alert days on record. That's wild. 65 days like in May, like from May to August. And we ranked like number one worst air quality. I think we were one of the top cities like in the world, yeah, in at, August, at, you know, like- a few times, which is saying something. So, yeah, yes, we can't, you know, we we in Denver don't control climate change, but it was a pretty big fail. Massive, massive fail. Big contender for fail of the year. Xandra, yep. let's hear another one. Do you got one? Do you got a fail? I sure do. And it's also a big bummer. Um <laughs> The way the city handled the encampment sweeps this year. Actually, just the encampment sweeps, period, because we shouldn't be doing them at all. So it's not even a question of like how the city handled them, but just the fact that the city is still doing them at an alarmingly high rate. And the city admitted that they were doing, on average, about three sweeps a week, um, which was, you know, according to spokespeople for the mayor, like just normal cadence for what the city's always been doing. But I think that's problematic. And then the, the extra fail on top of that is that sweeps really seem to ramp up in the months around the MLB All-Star Game that Denver hosted in July. Um, And so there was a lot of scrutiny around that, especially from activists who were like, you're trying to uh, whitewash the city. You're trying to show the world that Denver is this beautiful place where there there are no unhoused people. And (laughs) that's not true at all. Yeah, this is a bummer. Um, 
did you all have you, did you all read this stuff uh, about you know to follow up on our conversation about this kind of last week con- continuing this um, the Union Station development mm-hmm. that they're ripping out those benches and putting um, in planters and putting in planters like the hostile architecture. I'm just so like pessimistic about the future on this issue. I, I think all of these city officials are stepping down. We're not going to see people come in with like strong agendas. I think we're looking at a lot more of the same through the mayoral election of 2023 on this issue. And that's really sad. That's a big fail. Great fail, Alexandra. Yeah, I know. And then I'll just add to that, like, um, you know, there was a lot of photos and videos that come out from these sweeps that, as they were happening over the course of the year. And you, you see people's belongings just getting trashed. And the the company that is contracted by the city to throw people's stuff away during these sweeps, um, you know, they were heavily criticized for unprofessional behavior at these sweeps, just treating people's belongings with disrespect, treating people disrespectfully. They're called um, environmental hazmat services. Mm. And um, I don't know, a couple months ago, the city council had like a bunch of hearings and discussions about these concerns about this contract. But what did they do? They renewed it for two more years. We get two more years of these kinds of sweeps. I would also say that people um, like residents of the city, they kind of they're like, oh, yeah, like we should all care about the unhoused community and we should all hate these sweeps. And what we should do is make these um, sanctioned campsites. Right. And so everyone's like, yeah, that's totally what we should do. That's the solution. And then you have these sanctioned campsites that pop up and then all of a sudden nobody wants them. So it's like it's like, hey, we want this problem to go away, but we don't want but it. Not in to, my neighborhood. Kind yeah. Of. But not yeah. next door to me. Sanctioned campsites are great as long as they're not my neighbors. And we want this to go away and we want to clean it up, but we don't want to get our hands dirty. And I'm not saying that there's not a lot of factors that go into that. Um but it just it just sucks because everyone's like, here's a solution, but no one really wants to implement it. And and that's it's yeah, again, just like this cyclical thing that we can't get out of um, because no one wants to man like to stand up and help with the solution. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Peyton. Oh, all right. Um, so you three have gone. I should probably go. Yeah, my my fail of the year. Less of a bummer, I think, uh, because the voters of Denver were vindicated in the end. You know, the will of the people had its day. But um, the Mike Hancock Arena, I think, is how I'm going to remember this whole story, this whole conversation of the year. Kyle Clark made a big point about this. But the proposal that the mayor put forth to be on the bond in the election in November to build a new midsize arena at the new National Western Center which uh, voters eventually rejected um, come election day. Uh, So that's a big fail. I mean, the mayor put a lot of effort into this, put a lot of time into this, the whole administration. I mean, we had the longest serving council person, Debbie Ortega, on our show to defend this proposal, to push for it, to make the case for why the city needed it. Like, hers is a voice that carries a lot of weight in this city, and the voters said no. And That's the voters like said yes to a lot deal. of bonds. So they very specifically said no to this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's a fail of a campaign. And that's interesting. I don't know. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the second half of this conversation. We're taking a look more at the, the positive side of things. Biggest wins of the year. Who wants to go first? Who's got a big win of the year? How about you, Peyton? Yeah, um, to kind of counterbalance the bummer that I brought to the conversation um, 
for the fails, I am happy to see that the bag fee that we implemented in July in Denver has been pretty successful. Um, I think that there's still a lot of data that needs to be collected. And I think it, I don't know that it necessarily gives us a lot to, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much it really says about the the project in the long run, but I mean, so far it's been relatively successful. When city officials first implemented the bag fee, they estimated that it would lead to a 50% reduction in, in plastic bag use. Um, but that reduction is actually more like 83% right now, which is huge. Um, so while we're talking about climate change, um, I, I think it's awesome that the people have been bringing their own bags to the grocery stores. And, um, we've, I think we've seen a little, it gives me a little more faith in humanity than I would have had that people are more open to this then yeah i mean it was like oh a few weeks of like grumbling from people but then they made the switch so i think that's a win i think so too can i tell you something about this my wife and i we went to a different king supers to shop this week and it was in glendale no bag fee no bag fee in glendale Glendale. haven't made the change get on board but once glendale does i mean if they're not if if glendale doesn't even represent that 83% so far, maybe when they make the shift, it'll it'll be even better. Mm-hmm. I believe be in cool. a positive change for yeah. the future of Glendale. Yeah. And also just like in one place, proving it out. And that's okay if like things take time. Everything is iterative. A- Avery, how did you feel about the bag fee this year? Oh, I like it. I mean, I am glad that people are using, using some of their own bags. And yeah, no, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exandra, how about you? Are you even, are you, you do the, uh, go on, go on. Go, go on. I, I do go to stores. I think you're saying I do Instacart sometimes, which I do. And that's like my big question with this bag fee is like how, because every time Instacart delivers, like it's still in the plastic bags. But yeah. I want, I mean, I want to be able to find a way to do reusable bags, but I have no idea how that would work. And, but when I do go to the store, you know, I try to remember my bag. Sometimes I forget, but then I, when I forget and I have to pay the 10 cents, I don't complain at all. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is my punishment. Right. It just seems kind Mm -hmm. of like fair. I also forget my bags, but yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool because they're saying too, that they estimated that there would be like in the first year of this bag fee. There would be $4 million in, in revenue. Um, and now it's looking like it's going to be only like 1.4, which is significantly cool. less. But what that says to me is that people are relying more on reusable bags than, than just sucking it up and paying the fee, which is, which is better. I love the idea of celebrating less revenue. Yeah. I know, I know, but it means that people are, because like, you know, with this bag fee, it was like either people start using their own bags or people just suck it up and pay for their bags, but it's way better if people are using their own bags, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we don't necessarily want that revenue. Um, That's fascinating, Peyton. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. So it's awesome. Oh, and I was going to say that's actually my second vote for win of the year because I think the obvious win of the year is that Casa Bonita is still here um, mm. when we were all so afraid it wouldn't be and it, its future looks bright but I felt like that was that was a cop out because that's probably 
everyone's win. Yeah, I was going to um, say, did anyone pick that as their win? Because I didn't want to because I assumed one of you would. Exactly. I also didn't because I assumed somebody would. <laughs> okay. We can all agree that's the real win and these yes. are all just secondary wins. I'm just okay. excited about the day when Caspanita won't need a sign that says you have to eat their food on the door when you come in. Maybe we'll have a Caspanita where we want to eat the food. Ah, I like that. <laughs> um, all right, who's next? Who's Alexander? Did you go? Did you say a win? No, I haven't gone yet. I Bring can go. On. Bring it on. My win is uh, Denver getting its second ever historic cultural district with La Alma Lincoln Park, which that I was f- on my list too. Oh, nice! My yeah. short list. Um, I mean, I thought this was so cool because like we hadn't had another historic cultural district after Five Points. It's been like two decades since we got a historic cultural district and I thought that this story was just like we had been following it for you know most of the year or like you know a good half of the year as it developed and Mm -hmm. um to see it get across the finish line with the city council and um yeah in August I just thought that was I thought that was great and it meant a lot to the people who live in that neighborhood or have like heritage in that neighborhood the Chicano community you know that that area her park yeah yeah we did a whole episode about like about the people who live there and what it means to them and what it meant to their families like you know in the 60s and 70s as the chicano civil rights movement was like in full swing and it was like it was the hopping place to be was long like park and um also i just want to note because i went back and listened to that episode that we did on um the cultural district and uh we had we talked to ian thomas defoya who's Mm -hmm. you know a a figure in that community and, and, and an activist in Denver. And um, he was talking about how he was looking at a historic landmark map of Denver when they were like, you know, talking about making Loma like park, the next cultural district. And um, the map key was like over Barnum and all those neighborhoods around there. So like this place was overlooked huh. for so long. It wasn't even on the map. Like they would just cover it up mm. and now it's finally getting the recognition that it deserves. And so I just thought that was, I thought that was a win for the city this year. Huh. I've got complicated feelings about this one. I've had a couple of conversations recently that changed my uh, changed the way I think about these historic cultural districts and these historic designations. I think we're oh. going to have to talk more about this in the new year. But uh, So it sounds like you're not going to vote for mine for win of the year. <laughs> I, I might. I might. Well, I don't know. Probably not. There's some other good stuff here. Who, who, who's okay. next? Avery. Yes, please. Um, Avery, do you have a win of the year? I do. Mine... You know, I was thinking about I, I was thinking a lot about what Alexandra you were talking about as the fail of the year. Um, but I do think that there was a bright spot this year with Denver voters. Um, the Denver voters really showed that they do at least support making housing more accessible in some ways. Um, I was thinking of one of the first ones was the group living ordinance that the city council back in February they raised the number of people who are unrelated who can live together from a whole two people to five, which just seems like a no-brainer that like in a time when housing costs are skyrocketing i think we topped 1600 as a median rent for a one bedroom that more than two unrelated people can split rent just seems obvious but um folks got together uh, an initiative on the ballot and so denver citizens had a chance to repeal that and they didn't denver citizens voted to keep the number of people who can live together at up to five and i think that that's really important and i think that that's encouraging that at least in some ways denver voters are showing that they do support accessible housing and you know in the midst of everything else going on that's a bright spot for me yeah yeah for sure 
group living would have been Breeze, right? I think we can agree on that. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. Well, that's a good segue to my win of the year, if we're ready to move on. Mm-hmm. My win of the year was... Um, kind of the opposite it was it was it was a win uh against something that would have brought affordable housing uh also in the election um we've talked about it all year but the park hill golf course that whole debate and i think uh, my win has to go to the side that won the debate this year so that that was a big win that was penfield tate and wellington webb and the save open spaces group they put an initiative on the ballot that said a whole bunch of complicated stuff that's so long and tedious to explain. It's literally not worth it. But in summation, they just were trying to make it more difficult to develop the old golf course and voters agreed they were for that. And that's, that's where we're at right now. I truly hated how confusing those proposals were. I felt like it didn't give people a fair chance at voting Knowing what they were voting for. How did that make it on your wins list, Paul? I'm curious. I know. I was about to say, I can't believe you picked this as your win. Like, if Brie was here, she would grab you by the ear, Paul, and tell you some <laughs> things. <laughs> I, I, For me, I wasn't picking these. I, got, I guess I got to explain. I wasn't picking these as, like, my personal wins. This wasn't a win. Like, this someone didn't win this won. for me. This was <laughs> a big win in the city. Yeah. I've got to give it. you got to give it up to the team that led this campaign that won this battle and they were up against like really powerful people this was the hancock administration the big developers west side and their partners the holleran group and a lot of community support for development and housing in park hill and penfield tate led this coalition to say Who is no slow down also a very powerful person and he had wellington sure. webb on his side who like you know was also kind of a developer adjacent person but yeah just cr- and then the mechanism me it, of winning were these very confusing proposals yeah that was i mean i wrote about this in the newsletter earlier this week but i totally agree with the avery and i i just feel like their whole thing was like let's put a measure on the ballot that says that the whole city should vote on the future of the park hill golf course why not just put a measure on the ballot that would decide the future of the golf course like write it the legal language in a way that the vote is about what the vote is actually about. Maybe they didn't think they'd get enough support if they did it that right, way. Right, I think that yeah. it was confusing on purpose. And that's what I did not well, and like. I, I bet they wouldn't want to give up that much power to the voters. Like, they still want to be in control. They just want voters to decide who gets to decide. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the win is that Denver voters managed to kind of sort of untangle the ballot measures and vote... <laughs> That's a good Honestly? point. Honestly? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Boy, I don't know. We asked 10 people what they you know, voted say, I don't on know. three Can months we say ago. That? I bet. <laughs> <laughs> they voted. I, no people were like, I don't know. <laughs> um, all right. So I think we've all we've all gone, right? So we've yeah. got we've got for fails, we've got the Mike Hancock Arena, we've got bad air, and we've got the homeless sweeps. Uh seems like there's a clear winner there since two of us brought it. But and then on the win side, we've got Penfield Tate, Wellington Webb, and Save Open Spaces. We've got Denver voters. We've got the second ever historical cultural district. And we've got the bag fee success. So what do we think? The biggest, the overall biggest fail of the year? Is it is it the bad air quality? I don't know if I can argue against that. Would any of us? I mean, it definitely probably affected the most people. 
in Denver. I mean, it affected everyone. I, I couldn't play softball games. It's definitely <laughs> the biggest bummer on the list, it feels like. Especially in the middle of a pandemic when gathering inside is already yes. dicey. Yeah. To not be able to go outside, I just felt claustrophobic. Yeah. yeah. All right. You got it my really vote. ruined summer. You got yeah, my Yeah, I vote. think it's unanimous. I think it's bad air quality with a, with a pandemic cherry on top for fail of the year. <laughs> bummer, Oof. bad air. Um... Win of the year, Penfield, Tate, and the Save Open Spaces group. Denver voters go for affordable housing. Or at least more accessible housing. More accessible housing. Second ever historical cultural district in La Alma Lincoln Park. Bag fee success. And then Peyton also threw in Casa Bonita. We should talk about it. You know, that's a buy. They get a buy on the first round. Can move straight <laughs> to the finals, maybe. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Heavy hitters. Um, I, I don't even... How do we narrow it down? I mean, is Casa Bonita the front runner? I... I would be no. okay with that. I mean, yes. I don't think they're. I don't think they're allowed to play because I think they're the obvious well, win. Yeah, I think we should still pick. Also, we don't need to recap everything that happened. Just listen to the show next week, listeners. We got something special for you. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be fun. That's gonna be fun. Casabonita <laughs> gets its victory lap one way or another. <laughs> yeah. Also, maybe we're we're biased. We are the Casa Bonita podcast that Denver didn't know they wanted. <laughs> Today on Casa Bonita, Denver. <laughs> all right, it's literally the only, like it's the only thing any of us wanted to talk about all year. It was the most fun thing. I think it's Casa Bonita. I think Casa Bonita is the biggest win of the year. It's saved. They did it. The South Park guys are figuring it, it brought out. Brought a lot of joy. At least right now, the future looks bright. Let's let's savor the moment. <laughs> Well, let me just, I guess, reiterate for what listeners can expect over the next couple of weeks as we wrap up here. We got good stuff coming every day on the podcast. It's uh, it's not going to be new content. This will be the last time you hear us fresh until the new year, but it is good stuff. Bree and I recorded some fun, uh, well, starting Monday, you'll hear it. And in the newsletter, Peyton, what can people expect? Yeah, so this upcoming week leading into Christmas, we all... Um, all of us here at CityCast Denver picked some of the things we're most thankful for in Denver. And we wanted to share that with you guys. Um, so we've got uh, just a lot of love coming to your inboxes this um, this next week. Yeah, that was a really fun list to write. I think people are going to like that. Well, Avery, thanks again for joining us this week. Do you have any last goodbye to the listeners who, who grew to love you this week? Oh, thanks so much for hanging out with me. I loved being here, loved being in your podcast feeds. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were me, Paul Caroli, and Alexander McMahon. Peyton Garcia writes our morning newsletter. Our guest host this week was Avery Lill. Our regular host is, of course, Bree Davies. Our music is by Los Mocochetes, with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren, plus more from the Epidemic Sound Library. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, also, rate us. Wherever you listen, I just read this morning that Spotify is going to be turning on star ratings soon. On Twitter, we're at CityCast Denver. And I think that's it for the year, everyone. Thank you all for doing this. This was fun. Yay. Happy holidays, everyone. It's been a year. Yay. Holiday break. <laughs>
Today is Friday, December 31st, 2021. No, it's not. <laughs>